Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Passionate about standing up for all Canadians. Canadians. The Roy Green Show continues. You know, there are um, there are times I receive uh, correspondence. It's uh, a letter, an email, phone call, a tweet which leads to a phone call. And it's one of those oh my God moments. And uh, that was what I felt when I received an email from my next guest. His name is Dave. He's in Saskatchewan. I'm not going to tell the story. I'm just going to set it up, and then we'll talk to Dave. Dave's wife uh, suffered from terrible pain for more than 20 years, and nothing helped. Opioids didn't help. Nothing helped. And uh, she decided that she didn't want to live any longer, and so she applied for a medically-assisted death. And it's the MAID program. M-A-I-D, Medical Assistance in Dying. And I'm just going to read you the criteria in order to be eligible for a medically assisted death in Canada. You must be eligible for health services funded by the federal government or a province or territory. Generally, visitors to Canada are not eligible for medical assistance in dying. That's number one. Number two, be at least 18 years old and mentally competent this means being capable of making health care decisions for yourself. Number three, have a grievous and irremediable medical condition. Number four, make a voluntary request for medical assistance in dying that is not the result of outside pressure or influence. And number five, give informed consent, receive medical assistance in dying. And then they spell out what grievous and irremediable medical conditions are. You must have a serious illness, disease, or disability, be in an advanced state of decline that cannot be reversed, experience unbearable physical or mental suffering from your illness, disease, disability, or state of decline that cannot be relieved under conditions that you consider acceptable, be at a point where your natural death has become reasonably foreseeable. This takes into account all of your medical circumstances and does not require a specific prognosis as to how long you have left to live. Now, that's an important part in Dave's story, and he joins us from Saskatchewan. Dave, thank you for um, for having enough trust in me to share this, your story and your wife's story. It's, it's heart-wrenching, and I know you want to tell the story because you want people to be aware of what the realities are that you can face. So thank you for coming on the air. Well, thanks, Roy. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I guess that's um, the reason for contacting you is to let people know um, how MAID uh, fails certain people in in Canada and, and how um, we can try and, and, I guess, change that fourth criteria 
or at least to make it um, better understood. Like it's uh, it's very vague, and um, and I guess with my wife Cecilia, um, it was too vague. And when they refused her, and and um, so that's what I'm trying to do right now. Right. Well, well, let's get into the government to to look at that. And you contacted the federal justice minister, and she wrote back to you. And yeah. I'm not impressed with the response that you received from the minister. <laughs> and I, neither well, are you. And this happened... It was, it was cold. It was cold. You're absolutely right. It was cold. And this happened... Your your wife passed away in January of this year, right? Yes. Would you January. just... I'm sorry. Uh, g- give us the background uh, information. What was your wife... What were the conditions your life was wife was living with? What had she tried? And why did she no longer want to live? Well, like you mentioned at the beginning, she was suffering from fibromyalgia for 20-plus years. Um, she finally found a, a great doctor that um, diagnosed her and then tried to dial in her meds. And like you mentioned, she was she was on the morphine pills, medical marijuana, a whole slew. I called her my pharmacist because she, she tried all these pain medications, and it wasn't working. And so her quality of, of life just... Um, was not very good, and for her it was really, really bad, I guess. And so she decided to, to apply to NAID. And uh, you mentioned the four criteria, and she qualified for the first three. She met those criteria, and it was the fourth one, which was um, your natural death has become reasonable foreseeable. And uh, that's so vague. Like, what does that mean, um, reasonable, foreseeable? Because I remember the day that uh, the doctor from the maid board phoned her and said she didn't qualify because her death wasn't imminent. And she said, I really beg to differ because my death is imminent. Because if you don't qualify this, then I'm going to take my own life within the next six months. And she did. And um, because of that, it was so much uncertainty. Um, Her biggest fear was uh, ending up in the hospital. She had DNRs. Uh, She had three posted in the apartment and very specific that um, nothing was to be done. Um, No hydration, no feeding tube, anything like that. So her her biggest fear was going to uh, the... Uh, taking her own life wouldn't have worked and she would have ended up in the hospital with no fluids and it would have taken her uh, two weeks to die uh, from dehydration and that was her biggest fear and as it turned out um, that didn't happen Um, but if she had met that fourth criteria with her death being imminent um, she would have been in a controlled situation she would have known that she would have died that day. Um, we could have had uh, uh, everybody that's important in her life around her. And, and at no sorry. time, at no time, did, did they say you don't qualify because we don't think your situation is sufficiently grave that that you uh, should have an assisted I, death. Not that I know of. I don't know. Um, she kept kept all that information really close to the hip. Um, 
all like all her research in how to uh, take your own life, all the research for maid, um, partly I guess to, to so I wouldn't be involved um, because that's important. Uh, yeah, very. As it turned yeah. out, yeah. it was very yeah. important. Yeah, and a denial on my part. I mean, she's the love of my life. We've been married for over thirty years, and really, it's it's that bad. And and you have to do this, and and so I'm still trying to come to grips with that part of it. And um, so, because of a failure of made, and even though um, she met the first three criteria criteria and her death wasn't foreseeable according to the board it was foreseeable according to her because her like i said her quality of yeah. life just wasn't good enough and i can't i can't ima- i can't imagine what it would have been like for you to know that your wife was going to do this having traveled the journey the pain journey with her you, you would know what she was going through yeah but you're right yeah. you you can't you can't be in even even peripherally involved in any way in uh, in in the decision she makes and the the manner in which she decided to end her life, she wanted to end her life in a have her life ended in a controlled well, medical manner, and that yeah. was not to be for the reason you pointed out, Dave. I have to take yeah. a quick break. We will come back and we'll talk some more uh, to Dave about. And I just hung up on him again. Um, we will uh, come back and we'll talk to Dave some more about what happened that day in. Uh, in his uh, in their apartment in Saskatchewan, and what happened afterward, and what's happening now. And uh, there, there is only one way to describe the letter that came back, or the email that came back from uh, Minister Wilson Raybould. It is cold. Stay with us. He's always up for a good debate. This is the Roy Green Show. Let me get back to uh, Dave in Saskatchewan. Uh, his wife was Cecilia, and uh, they were married for 30 years, and you've been listening to what led up to Cecilia's decision to end her life. It was her choice. It was her call. She got in touch with MAID, the uh, assisted death organization, or the protocol in Canada, and they denied because they couldn't determine the uh, timeline of her death, even though in another part of the of the uh, explanations and the conditions, it appears to read that the timeline is not mandatory. Dave, what happened on the? Uh, I, I hate to put you through this, but you wanted me to. You wanted to talk about this. I don't know quite how to approach this. What happened the day that your wife died? Well, um, got up in the morning. Um, she had a checklist made. Uh, she was a lady of lists. Um, because there was still a little bit of denial on my part, but um, I went to the bedroom, 11.30, and I heard the coffee grinder going. And I knew, oh, this is it. Because she's grinding up her meds. Because she had, like I said, done a lot of research. And so she took her meds with um, vanilla pudding, um, followed by uh, screwdriver, a lot of vodka. Okay, let's not get into the actual details too much. I don't want to provide people with the... 
Okay. With the recipe. So, um, so she came to bed. Um, um, I held her for two hours and 15 minutes of liquor to stop reading. Um, phone 911, they came. Um, um, no pulse. Um, I was arrested, taken down to the police station, treated very professionally by uh, the police. Um, no complaints there at all, but they had to do their due diligence because it was a death outside of a hospital. And I was the prime suspect. Um, I was uh, talking to it being interviewed by a sergeant. He mentioned that this is the first case that he's ever seen in 30-some years of police work in, in here. And um, so um, eventually they let me go. Uh, well, not back to my apartment because there was a whole bunch of people in there processing the scene. I got in the next day, got my phone back, um, my clothes back. Um, they transported uh, Cease down to the hospital for an autopsy. Um, weekend busy, so it wasn't until Monday. They released her body Monday um, to the funeral home, and, and that was it. So a very um, drawn-out day. Um, but she uh, died in your was. arms. She died in your arms. Oh yeah, yeah. I laid there for two hours and fifteen minutes, waiting for her to stop breathing. And in those two hours, I'm thinking, when do I phone nine one one? Because she didn't want to uh, prolong her death in a hospital. And uh, it's all those thoughts going through my head. And but after. 15 minutes, she closed her eyes. Two hours, um, she stopped breathing. So if you can call it that, it was a good death, and it was exactly how she wanted to be, but she didn't know. Um, so she just she had those DNRs. She was very prepared for when the paramedics arrived. She had a, a suicide note um, to help, with, I guess, the police in part. And um, that was it in a nutshell. And um, so... She died that day. Must have been uh, tortuous for you not to call police, call 911, and get help for her while she was dying, even though she told you not to do that. Well, actually, no. Um, I mean, that sounds pretty careless, but I loved her enough for her to do that because I knew that's what she wanted. She did not want uh, to be resuscitated, hence the three DNRs um, on the apartment, uh, one in, at the bed, uh, one on the fridge, one on the front door. Um, she was quite adamant about that, and because of my love for her, I let, I allowed that. And so it wasn't really hard, actually. It was um, because of my love that and that's what you do for people. Yeah. And you'd and you'd been married for thirty years, and she'd been struggling for twenty of those thirty years. Yeah. The yeah. police. So the police have completed their investigation. They've yes. They've 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 stepped away now. So yeah. so the situation now is that the crown attorney has your case, and the yeah. crown attorney has the option to do what? Um, that's what I was told. Um, by the police that um, they have up to six months to prosecute me. For not providing the, the necessaries of life would be the yes, charge. Yes, that right? that's what I was charged with, failure, failure to provide the necessities of life. So you write uh, a letter to the 
federal justice minister, mm-hmm. and you inform the federal justice minister about your wife's death, mm-hmm. all the steps that you've explained, mm-hmm. and you make the case for people having being treated by the legislation, treating them properly, and and providing granting what the what the person wishes. Yes. And you received, as you said, a cold email back. Well, dear, dear, uh, dear, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, kind of a, like a form letter, I guess, but not really. Yeah. It says, "Dear Dave," your last name. Says, yeah, I, I sympathize yeah. with your difficulties, with the difficulties that you have experienced. That is just so cold. The difficulties well. you've experienced, and realize the situation has been distressing for you. I'm not even going to read the rest of it because that says it all. It's just, it's, it's a throwaway email to you. How do you feel? Uh, Frustrated Um, because of all the uncertainty surrounding my wife's death. It could have been um, um, less stressful for everybody involved, for her, for me, um, for our kids, how are your ki- how are your kids dealing with it? Good. Um, she let she let her kids know. Um, well, I shouldn't say good. <laughs> I no, I understand. I understand what you, I know what you, I know what you mean. Um, I did coping with it. I guess um, it it would have affected them really hard. Yeah. But yeah, um, of course. I mean, it does. But. Um, I just wanted to say that that Cease had, had jumped through all the hoops. She was of sound mind. Um, she had seen over half a dozen psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, um, and um, she was not uh, depressed. She uh, was not mentally ill. She was of sound mind, and and she had to have been to have carried this out because she left lists for me to do after she had died. You don't apply for CPP death benefit and all right. that stuff. I mean, right. like I mentioned before, she is a, a lady of lift. Yeah. And um, Dave, I'm sorry, somebody, but we're we're going to have go to ahead. we're going to have to end it there because okay. we've come to the end of the segment. But I'm going to stay in touch with you personally, and uh, we'll uh, we'll update our, our listeners on your situation, and uh, we'll talk again okay. soon, very soon. Yep. All the very best to you. Thank you very much. Take Thanks care. Thanks for listening to Lisa's story. It's very important. It is. Thank you, Dave. I do understand. I received uh, Dave's email on the third anniversary of my wife dying, and I sent him a note back at 1 o'clock in the morning. We'll come right back. 